We're going to finish our series on vision. And then next week, we're going to go into our fall series called The War, Living Life on the Front Lines. And we'll be talking about just the battle of living life and living life as a believer. And so there's going to be lots of important things to cover in that. Uh, But today, we're going to finish up our series on vision. And we've got a short vision statement, but we, we know it and we do it. That's the thing that's important. We know the vision statement and we do the vision statement. Because as I've heard years ago, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. When church is about the Lord, good things happen. When church is about all these other things, it's a disaster. So we need to be about our Father's business. We need to be on track. And so we have our vision statement, which is reach up, rise up, and reach out. And I make people do the hand motions because uh, I want to know if you're willing to comply with the trivial thing. If we can work together on something as simple as hand motions, we might be able to work together on something more important, like bringing the gospel to the world. But if we can't work together, we're going to be ineffective. And so let's see if we can do the hand motions together. And you can just watch me. It's very simple. So just follow. We're going to reach up. We're going to rise up and then reach out. Amen. Praise God. So we've covered reach up and rise up so far. Reach up. A real relationship with the living God is possible for you. You can live your life distant from God or connected with God. Connected is better. Right? You can live your life in church distant from God or connected with God. Connected is better. And understand, have permission to find the ways that you connect with God. It's going to be different for different people. Some people, you know, a big group of people worshiping God together and lots of noise and sounds. It's just, it's where they connect with God. Other people, you got your prayer closet with nothing on the walls, just simple and quiet and connect with God. Other people connect with God through activism and and various different ways. And so understand, don't look to the person next to you to find out how to connect with God. Look to who God made you and connect with God. You have permission to connect with God the way he made you. And then rise up a real relationship with the living God will change you. So if I am connecting with God, it's going to have an impact on me as a person. I will be growing, I will be changing, I will be transforming into the person God created me to be. I will rise up out of the junk that's been holding me back, out of the sin that I've committed that has uh, brought shame and, and confusion into my life. Rise up out of the junk that's happened to me and be freed from other people's sin and walk into who God has called me to be. So be on a growth track. Find a way to be growing in the Lord. Do not stagnate in your faith, but grow and develop. And different people need to do different things to be on a growth track. So find your growth track. This week, reach out. So let's pray. And we'll get into new material this morning. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the good things that have happened in this service so far. And I pray, Lord, that you've got some more stuff for us. Lord, we're all dealing with different things and we have 
different battles that we're facing. And so, Father, I pray that by your spirit, you would give, give each one of us right now what we need to be able to believe in you better, to be able to serve you better, to be able to walk through this life better. Lord, bless us right now. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reach out. A real relationship with the living God will call you to action. Have you noticed that this world could use some change for the better? Would you, everybody seems to agree with that. America could use some change for the better. The world as a whole could use some change for the better. Perhaps your workplace or your school or your family could use some change for the better. How you react to that realization is one of the key things in living your life. How do I react to the knowledge that this world could use some change for the better? People react to that in very, very different ways. There are people who see a messed up world, see that it should be different, and they just get angry. There are people who see a messed up world and they just run and hide. There are people who see a messed up world and they try to figure out who to blame. Or they realize they've got to defend themselves and so they hurt people. Or they crumble emotionally or become selfish and only look out for number one, or they fixate on the wrongs of the world, or they get overcome with worry. There are lots of ways that we react to the realization that this world needs some change for the better. Jesus saw the same thing. He saw that this world needed some change for the better. Let's see how he reacted to that. Are, are we good for Matthew 9 or do I have to put my glasses on? Put my glasses on? All right. Whoa! I know. That's, I find that as I get older, the ground gets farther away. You know, if, Matthew 9. I used to flip pages a lot. Now I got my computer and stuff. So I'll have to uh, be able to flip my pages. Matthew 9, starting in verse 35. So close your eyes if you're easily distracted. And let's listen to Matthew 9, starting in verse 35, going through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So he sees all this need. He knows people need truth, so he's teaching. People need healing, so he's bringing healing. And he sees these masses of people that are lost like sheep without a a shepherd. They are harassed and helpless. Now we might think we're harassed and helpless in our world, but this is the culture that put Jesus to death because they didn't like what he said. There was a harsher reality in his day, and that reality is existent today in other parts of the world. But this is America. 
Hallelujah for our messed up country because it's the best country in the world. Jesus saw a messed up world. He saw people being exploited, harassed, and helpless. He saw a need for truth, need for healing. How does he respond when he sees that this world could use some change for the better? Verse 37, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So he says, this world could use some change for the better. We need some people who are going to activate that change. So let's pray for workers. The harvest is plentiful. That means there are lots of things in this world that need to change for the better. That's what the harvest is plentiful means. There are lots of people who need to connect with God. There are lots of marriages that need to be healed. There are lots of people in depression. The harvest is plentiful. But who's going to help? Jesus saw this world needed change for the better. So he says, let's gather an army and let's be that change. A real relationship with the living God will call you to action. Now, we're going to talk about bearing fruit for the kingdom of God today. Bearing fruit. When when Jesus talks about making a difference in this world... There's, and in the, in the scriptures too, there's a variety of different ways that this is talked about, you know, being a worker in the vineyard and that sort of a thing. But there's also this idea of bearing fruit. And so we're going to couple, cover a couple of scriptures that talk about bearing fruit. And what that means is making a difference for good in this world for the kingdom of God. That's what bearing fruit means. And so it's a very broad sort of definition. But when we see something that needs to change for the better, if we are activating that change, that's bearing fruit. And so let's look and see what Jesus has to say about bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Because bearing fruit is very important to the Lord. So we're going to go to John chapter 15. There's little red Bibles kind of scattered around. If you want one of those, you can, you can find it. But let's look at John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. So, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So he says, he is the vine, and later on he'll say, we are the branches. And the the father is the gardener, and he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. That doesn't sound real great. And then he says, and the ones that do bear fruit, he prunes, so that they will be even more fruitful. So bearing fruit is very important to God. If A branch is not bearing fruit, it's eliminated. 
How often do you hear that one preached? Get to work or you'll be cut off. Uh, You know, make a difference for good or you're not any value to the kingdom. Now, it's not quite that harsh, but said that way, it sounds pretty harsh. Because he gives us time. But guess what? There are lots of things that need to change for the better. And God's heart breaks for those things. And here we are able to help. If we refuse, who are we? A real relationship with the living God will call you to action. So we've got two options. Don't bear fruit and get cut off or bear fruit and get pruned. Both of those seem somewhat unpleasant. Verse 3. Jesus says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So that's encouraging in the middle of this. If you're wondering to yourself, Oh man, this is scary stuff. You're already clean because of the word of God. We understand what Jesus has done for us. We're washed clean. We can relax in that and know that God is with us and not against us. And he will see us through. But there are changes in this world that need to be made. And we are agents of that change. Verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Hallelujah. Stay connected with the living God. You'll be on a growth track and you'll be able to make a difference. So bearing fruit is very important to God. Matthew chapter 21, one of my very favorite verses of scripture. Jesus is talking to the the elders and chief priests. So he's speaking to the religious elite and he's laying into them. You know how Jesus was not shy about expressing his concern with the status of the religious world in his day. You know, he he was willing to take a stand and say, this needs to change. And this is something that Jesus said to the elders and the chief priests. And you wonder why they wanted to kill him. It's because he was willing to say things like this. This is what he says in verse 43 of chapter 21 of Matthew. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. The kingdom of God will be taken from you. Because what are you doing with it? You're causing legalistic yuck You're jockeying for position and authority. You're not entering into the presence of God and you're stopping other people from coming in. You're you're straining out gnats and swallowing camels. You're not bearing fruit. You're not seeing the need and meeting the need. You're causing more problems. So the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. That was true back then that the religious elite, that there were religious people who, who didn't help God. Might that possibly be true today too? That there can be religion that doesn't help. All it does is cause more shame, more guilt, more confusion, 
more problems. Instead, we need to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Bearing fruit is important to God. If a group of people refuses to bear fruit for the kingdom, God will find another group of people. Because he sees a world that needs to change for the better. And he'll find whoever he can to be an agent of that change. It's kind of heavy, isn't it? (laughs) To bear fruit for the kingdom of God, you need to get good at living God's ways. This is why we have the rise up part. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The workers need some skills to be able to do the job. And so we need to get good at following Christ if we're actually going to be agents of change. If I'm just a judgmental, grumpy, religious person that doesn't like anybody, am I going to be an agent of change for the kingdom of God in this world? Absolutely not. In fact, I'm probably going to just drive people away from God because they're going to think, well, if following Jesus just makes you a grumpy, judgmental, yucky person, I don't want any part of that. I've got friends over here that will laugh with me. I want to laugh, you know? And so we can't miss the most important things of God and think that we're somehow doing a benefit. So to bear fruit for the kingdom of God, you need to get good at living God's ways. That's why we have the order of the vision statement. Reach up. I don't care who you are. You can reach up to God. You know, you can have the darkest sin past. You can be truly, absolutely a terrible person. Seriously. Reach up to God and receive forgiveness of sins right now. You don't have to be any good at all. (laughs) In fact, if you're quite terrible, it might be real obvious to you that you need the Lord's help. And it would be easier to walk into the forgiveness of God. Anyone can reach up. And it feels good to help other people. So we want to reach out. If you've got a a broken heart and you can help someone else, it salves that broken heart. But here's the deal. If you haven't grown enough to be able to really help, you're going to be limited in your capacity to bring change in this world. And so we need to rise up. We need to grow. We need to learn. Remember the, uh, Jesus talked about seeing the speck in your brother's eye. If, if, if your brother has some sawdust in his eye and you want to go help him, but you've got a, a plank in your own eye, you're not going to be able to help. He says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You want to be an agent for change. And of course, you're called to be an agent for change. But in order to make important change, you've got to change you first. Amen? We need to look into ourselves. The first front line in the battle to make positive change in this world is the front line on the inside of who we are. To bear fruit for the kingdom of God, you need to get good at living God's ways. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. I normally am looking up. Now it's making little noises. We can't have that. 
I'm too easily distracted for that sort of stuff. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter, chapter 5, we're going to, that doesn't make any difference. We're going to, there we go. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to start in verse 19, because there's a contrast here in the things that need to change, and then the things we change into. Verse 19, chapter 5, Galatians. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, what if the fruits of the Spirit described here in chapter 5 described your heart condition? Have you ever had hate in your heart and you try to get it out and you're not having much success and you're battling and battling and battling and you're trying to get that out of there? You get bitterness in your heart. You got envy in your heart. You got pride in your heart trying to get it out. You're battling and battling. And it's a fight, right? And I don't think any of us have fully got there, but we got to be fighting against the dark things in our heart and grabbing hold of the fruit of the Spirit in our heart because there's some things in our heart that need to change for the better. What if the fruits of the Spirit described your heart condition? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So instead of hate, and you have love. And joy. Instead of depression, you're excited to be alive. Peace. Instead of strife and yuckiness, there's peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. What if that described your heart situation? Would you be usable by God to make positive change in this world? Oh man. What sorts of problems that you're going through would just disappear if your heart was there? If you were a person of love and people knew it, they could feel it. If you were a person of joy, what would change in your family? If we had these things in increasing measure, we can be agents for change. Let me tell you something about God's plan for your life. Now, people think about God's plan for my life with regards to the things I do. You know what I mean? Like the very tangible things, like God's plan is for me to become a pastor of a church in Cloquet. But let me tell you, God's plan is less about what you do and more about who you are. It's less about the role you fill and more about the character of your heart. And so when you want to know what God's plan is for your life, God's plan is for you to be growing into having the heart condition described in Galatians chapter 5 as the fruits of the Spirit. That when we 
abide in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is upon us, love grows. Patience grows. Peace grows. These things grow. And over time, they get stronger and stronger. And I haven't experienced a two-minute miracle with regards to the fruits of the Spirit in my heart. But I have had to battle and fight and claw. One time, it took me a year to forgive in a particular situation. A full year. And I was trying the whole time. Have you ever been there where you're trying to forgive and it just isn't happening? Don't pretend you've forgiven. Realize I still need to grow in this. I still need to learn how to let this go I, and, and work through it. You got jealousy in your heart. Well, don't pretend you don't, but fight it. Grow spiritually into the place where you can get past it. Then you are becoming the person that God meant for you to be and then you can really do what God's called you to do as far as actions, activities, and roles are concerned. You'll see clearly enough to help others. So what is fruit? We've given it a very vague general description of positive change for the kingdom of God in this world. Um, Let me tell you something. Bearing fruit for the kingdom of God is mostly informal. Often... What we're called to do is something that you can't sign up for. It's, it's, there isn't a ministry with a brand. You know, like if you see somebody in Walmart and they need someone to talk to and, and pray with them in Walmart, you know, you don't, we don't have our Walmart ministry and you sign up on the thing and you come to the training and, you know, and then you go to Walmart and happen to meet somebody and, you, you know, it just doesn't work like that. So often we just are walking around in our daily life and we see something and we just touch it and help it. And that's the majority of the ways that we bear fruit for the kingdom of God is these informal, just sort of happen kind of things. And there are formal things that we do for the kingdom of God, but don't be distracted from the informal things because you see worship leaders and missionaries and the prayer team and you know the nursery workers and all these things don't be distracted from realizing that most of the time it's just when you see a need and you take care of it Tommy Barnett a great pastor down in Phoenix Arizona has their vision statement or slogan or whatever it is is find a need and fill it and I love that. I should have stolen that one and just used it here. Because what do people usually do when they find a need? They usually find a need and then complain about the church leadership. Or they find a need and figure out that, you know, oh, that's ridiculous. And they, they have a bad attitude about it. They find a need and, and something, they interpret it wrong, they see it wrong, and they don't think they can help. They blame somebody else. Find a need and fill it is, if you happen to see something, why do you think God showed that to you? Because now you can help. If he didn't show it to somebody else, if you see somebody in the, in the entryway after church standing there all by themselves, and you're like, someone should talk to them. I can't. This church isn't very friendly. Well, why did you notice that? 
Go talk to them. Most of these things are informal. Now, I'm going to invite the prayer teams up. We're going to close here in just a second. This is kind of complicated. You know what I mean? Like finding the way that you can make a difference in this world. I'm going to show you something really simple. Because I, I like simple. I really do. Sometimes my head is complicated. But I prefer simple. And so when I see a scripture verse that is very simple, I just grab onto it and believe it with everything that I've got. The next verse in John chapter 15, talking about the vine and the branches again, where Jesus is going through that. In John chapter 15, verse 5, the next verse after what we just read, Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. So what Jesus is saying is, just stick with me. And as the years go by, you'll find yourself making a difference. Stick with me. I made a huge mistake after I first got saved. I said, thank you, Lord, for dying for me. I'm going to go do some stuff for you. Just wait, just wait over there and I'll come back to you with the nice things I've done for you. We need to stay connected with the Lord, be in His presence, accept His grace, and try to do some good. But the simple answer is, remain in Christ and you will bear much fruit. Because a real relationship with the living God will change you. And it will change you into someone who brings good things into this world. So, we're going to pray. Let's pray for our dark world and all the needs that are out there. Let's pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. And then let's believe God for the strength to be able to make a difference ourselves. So let's pray and then I'll open up the front for personal prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you, Lord, that you don't look at a messed up world and then just get mad at it and walk away. But you, Lord Jesus, came here to sacrifice yourself that we could be changed, that we could go from darkness to light, that we could go from the ugliness of this world into the beauty of your world. Thank you for that. And Lord, our heart breaks for this broken world just the same. And so we agree with you. Send workers into the harvest field. Send workers to strengthen marriages. Send workers to conquer anxiety and depression. Send workers to stop all the human trafficking and poverty and and destruction around this world. And Lord, show us who we need to be Help us get there. 
so that we can be agents of change as well. Lord, for those who right now are feeling, I see, Lord, what you want me to do. I just speak a confirmation over that. Let us take hold of what you have taken hold of us for. Lord, I pray a blessing over each person in this place. I pray your peace and your love and your joy and patience would be upon us. And Lord, that your joy would be in our hearts and would overflow into our world. Lord, let it be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.